Good morning. It is Wednesday, March 31st. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Michael Brunts, senior writer for Husker 24-7. Obviously, that means Michael covers Nebraska for 24-7 sports. The Huskers are starting spring football this week, like right now. And Michael just got to talk to Scott Frost and, and see what he had to say. And, and look, Michael, I, I, I know you're a reporter. You're not in the, it, it's Scott Frost's job to sell the program to me and to the fan base and all, all of us. But I'm going to ask you to do it. After three disappointing years and after being burned, I feel like a few times by my optimism on Nebraska, I've kind of cooled off on them. And I want you to tell me why 2021 could be different. It's an interesting question because you have you've finished fifth in the West the last three years. There's certainly I don't I don't think that you're alone in uh, you know maybe wanting to see a little results, but before you you kind of kick it up a little bit. You know I, I think what you can say about Nebraska going into this season. You know I, I think for me it starts on defense. They got back several super seniors from last year's group that uh, decided to take advantage of that extra year of eligibility. They're a real veteran group. And if you, if you were kind of plotting, you know, the development of that defense since Scott Frost has been at Nebraska, I mean, it really has been on an upward trajectory. They've improved every year. I think last year they were a really solid group in spite of their record. And, you know, I, I think that's kind of what you can kind of hang your hat on a little bit where we are right now in spring ball. You know, offensively, you have Adrian Martinez coming back. He's got to be your starting quarterback. He's a fourth-year starter, and they're better up front, I think, than they have been uh, the last three years along the offensive line. I think that's something that's a positive. And you know, the, the big question, and, and I think, kind of to your original, you know, line of thinking is, you know, if they can kind of get the the skill position pieces right around Adrian Martinez, I think that's a reason why Nebraska might punch above their weight a little bit in, in 2021. Am I saying it's going to happen? I don't know. Cause I'm, I'm in the camp of, you know, needing to see some seat on the field first. I mean, it's, we're in peak Kool-Aid season here, but you know, I, I think a, a little bit of healthy skepticism is probably warranted given how things have gone on the field the last three seasons. Yeah, I was looking at the stats and because I was just a little bit surprised that this is like this is a Scott Frost team heading into year four and and you're sitting here telling me that they're hanging their hat on defense. It's crazy to see this. This is like a weird stat. But in both 2019 and 2020, Nebraska was number 72nd nationally in offensive yards per play. You and I have talked about this before. Would you just recap for everyone listening for the for the first time, if, if they haven't heard you on the College Football Daily before, like why <laughs> has Scott Frost's offense not been the one that we all widely expected to see? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, it, it's taken a while to kind of get the guys in place that they want to kind of feature in this offense. You know, I, I think that they're, because of the conference that they're in, having to run things a little bit differently than what they did at UCF. I mean, I think, you know, when all of us saw the way that that offense ran in 2017, it was kind of like, oh, holy crap. Like, they're, they're going to just be running all over the, the the kind of slow and plodding Big Ten. But, you know, it, it's it's been an issue of too many turnovers, not enough efficiency. You know, I, I think, too, you know, the, the thing that's really kind of hurt Nebraska, and, and I, I think you have to have this in the Big Ten, is you need to have a run game that is not so reliant on the quarterback. And that's been, 
you know, an issue in 2019. It was an issue in 2020 for Nebraska that there just wasn't enough consistency with the running back. And you were having to rely a lot on AJ Martinez to carry the load. And, and, you know, when you, you do that, I, I think you kind of invite more turnovers. I think you become a little bit more one-dimensional in the run game, and, and that's a tough place to be. So, you know, I, I think that's when you kind of, if you have a list of things that they need to get done in spring this this season, I think the biggest thing offensively is you need to find a complementary run game to pair with Adrian Martinez. They have you know, Marquis Stepp, who, who transferred from USC. They've got a number of you know highly thought of guys in, in that running back room, but they just don't have a ton of proven guys there right now. So I, I think that's been kind of the biggest issue for for the offense is you know some drives. It'll look great. The tempo will be humming. They'll be moving the ball well. And then, you know, th- there'll be drives where it just looks so difficult. And and that's that's kind of been the toughest thing. And I, I think, you know, they, they brought in a new offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick, last year. I'll be curious to see with kind of a full year of, you know, actual practices and everything, if that maybe helps the efficiency a bit. What was last year like for Adrian Martinez, who... A long time ago now, it feels like had some Heisman buzz following his true freshman season. For my perch here in Nashville, Michael, just kind of watching everything I could on Saturday, it felt like he was getting rotated in and out at quarterback. Is, is the job fully his nowadays? Yeah, I mean, he, he uh, definitely lost his job for a couple games to Luke McCaffrey this past season. And then I think it became you know pretty obvious to, to everybody that, that McCaffrey was, you know, limited in what he could do in the passing game. And, you know, Adrian Martinez's credit, uh, he stuck with it. You look at the way that he finished the season. I mean, I think he was, that was probably the most efficient football that he's played during his time at Nebraska. I mean, in, in three of those games, he had a completion percentage above 75%. He had some turnover against, against Rutgers, but was really kind of getting it done in the running game as well. So, I think that's something that you can kind of build on with him. I mean, it's definitely his job right now. I mean, with with McCaffrey transferring out, you really only have Logan Smothers, who's a, a redshirt freshman behind him, and Heinrich Harburg, who's a true freshman early in early. So that's kind of one question that Nebraska is looking at: is you know, do they have the depth at quarterback where they don't need to go pursue you know a, a quarterback out of the transfer portal? We'll see where that kind of is after 15 practices, but. You know, I, I think you do have to feel pretty good about the way that Adrian Martinez finished the season last year because that, that's kind of what people were waiting for. And and, and really, I mean, if, if you look at last season, there's a pretty clear breakdown of good play and, and poor play with, with the last four games. So uh, you would hope with, you know, a, a fourth-year starter um, kind of getting things around him settled a little bit because I think that's been a bit of an issue too. I, I think that'll help Adrian Martinez a lot. I mean, I, I think, you know, his ceiling – and when he's at his best, I don't think there's a quarterback in the Big Ten West that's better than him. Yeah, I mean, three and five sounds a lot better than two and six. So that last win over Rutgers was huge. And that Adrian Martinez stat line is extremely bizarre. 24 for 28. You got a touchdown. You throw two picks, 255 yards passing. But you mentioned the rushing, Michael, uh, a net of 157 yards and two touchdowns. He had two so. fumbles in that game, too. Two fumbles. Yeah. like that's That's the, you know, he's only been in college for three years. I'm not trying to act like I, you know, know the guy like he's you know, Tim Tebow or somebody, or, you know, one of the four year mainstays, but that seems like the quintessential at this point, Adrian, Adrian Martinez box score. How encouraged were you during Scott Frost media availability to open the week that when addressing the Oklahoma Nebraska game kerfuffle, he said that when Nebraska's team leaders got wind that it seemed like the Huskers were trying to get out of that game 
they made sure that they were playing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the players absolutely want to play that game. I mean, it's if you are from Nebraska and kind of grew up around that rivalry, there's not a bigger game out there. And, you know, the players want to play it. I, I think that, you know, Scott Frost, given the fact that he's a native Nebraskan, I think that, that he appreciates that rivalry for what it is and what it means to people. You know, I, I think, you know, the, the financial realities certainly are, you know, something that you have to address. I mean, Nebraska is going to take a $50 million hit to their athletic budget from last year. Um, they, they are only playing one home game as of right now before you get to October, which, you know, that, that's a concern. But, you know, I, I think a lot of people would be okay with Nebraska shifting things around on their schedule. You just don't want to do that with the Oklahoma game. I mean, that, that, that was the, I, I think came as a shock to a lot of people that that, that was even on the table. And, you know, Scott Frost kind of, you know, stuck to, to what Nebraska said, you know, they, they wanted to, to try to find another home game somehow to uh, help with all the, the financial issues and the recruiting and all that other stuff. But, you know, I, I definitely think that, uh, you know, they'll probably end up adding a game September 4th at home or moving things around to do that. But, you know, the, the kind of six hours where Nebraska was radio silent on that Oklahoma report, that, that, that was not a uh, not a good look nationally, certainly. And I, I think there were some fans, too, that were a little surprised um, that, that that was even out there. A tough schedule, too. You got Buffalo the week before. Let, let's The Oklahoma thing is really interesting. You brought up the fans. So, I mean, it seems reasonable to expect that Nebraska is going to lose that Oklahoma game. Right. Like Oklahoma is a top three team. That's that's in Norman. I think it says something, though, about Nebraska fans. And you hear all these stories about, you know, they'll applaud the, the, the team that comes to Lincoln and beats them back in the day and, and all that stuff. Like they know they'll probably probably lose that, but they still want to play it. To me, that's really cool. There's something admirable about that. And that kind of even th- they've had some lean years, some really tough years, and, and maybe it'll never get back to being the same. But it kind of warms my heart to know that like it's important to Nebraska still to to play Oklahoma and to represent the state on a Saturday afternoon when every single TV is watching that game and, and have the N on their helmet. I don't know. That's just when you said all that, that's kind of what I thought of. Yeah, I mean, you know, not to not to get too much on the couch here, digging through the Nebraska fans' psyche, but you know, that there's certainly you know some pride there. Um, it, that game does coincide with the the the, uh, the anniversary of the game of the century between Nebraska and Oklahoma. That that was one of the reasons that they wanted to do that. I mean, that was one of Tom Osborne's last acts of as an athletic director was to get that that series set up. And so, you know, I think a lot of people are kind of looking forward to it. There's the nostalgia of you know playing Oklahoma of, you know, kind of that rivalry, obviously, you know, these two teams are at, 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 you know, very different places as we start 2021. But, you know, that that's one that people have had circled on their calendar for quite a while, you know, especially, you know, when you're, you're already in the calendar year where you're going to play that game, just to have the discussion, I guess that, you know, you're at least considering moving that or or having that discussion. I I think that uh, maybe sat the wrong way with a lot of people, but you know, you know, Nebraska fans are going to travel. You know, Nebraska played at Colorado a couple of years ago. I mean, they had almost 30,000 Nebraska fans in Folsom Field. I mean, it, it was pretty impressive. So, you know, when, when there's a, a former Big 8 and, and, and Big 12 foe on the schedule, I think there's a little bit extra juice for that matchup and, and certainly more so um, when it's Oklahoma. Last question. I don't want to dive too into it because I'm sure we can do that this fall if things go sour, but Scott Frost is good, right? You were just talking about the the money they lost during the COVID year, and it's hard to imagine them making a um, a more splash hire 
than, than what they did in, in 2017. And then it's like, it, it's Scott Frost for goodness sakes. Like he's unless 2021 is like three and nine, he's getting another year. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think when he took over, I mean, there, there was, it was pretty clear that he was going to get a pretty long runway to get this thing turned around. And, you know, I, I think, you know, there, there's certainly some, you know, rising impatience, I, I guess, with the, the process of, of turning it around. I mean, the, I, I think that, that fans are going to want to see some progress uh, on the field this year. You know, there's no denying that. It's, it's another tough schedule for Nebraska. You have Oklahoma, you've got Michigan, you've got Ohio State, you know, certainly Wisconsin, Iowa in, in that group, too, is, is kind of, you know, rivalries in the West. But, you know, I, I think the, the time is kind of now to, to start getting things turned around. I mean, Nebraska hasn't been to a bowl game since Mike Riley was the, the head coach in, in 2016. So you need to, uh, to, to show some progress. That would be progress, I think, uh, for this team. It would be qualifying for a bowl game. But also, I mean, you look at the way that Nebraska's lost some of these games the last few years. It, they've been really close losses, you know, in, in games that, you know, could easily have flipped the other way. And Nebraska needs to start making the kinds of plays and playing the way that allows them to win those kinds of games. So, you know, I, I think the administration is still very much lined up um, behind Scott Frost and, and behind this coaching staff. And, you know, I, I don't think that there's any danger and, in, in, you know, a, a change being made or anything like that after a bad season. If, if you know, you, you miss a bowl game again, I certainly think the temperature around here is going to rise again and, and even more so uh, if you go, you know, another year without making a bowl. But I, I don't think that there's uh, I, I don't think this is necessarily a, a, a do or die year for him, but you do need to start to see some progress. Five and seven in year two looked like you know they were on the precipice of progress, and then and then COVID struck. Michael Brunt, enjoy covering spring football. We appreciate you joining us. Follow Michael on Twitter at Michael Brunt. Our producer is Lance Glenn. I'm Trey Scott. Everyone have a great Wednesday. We'll talk to y'all next time on the College Football Daily.